get all wired up first. Glory to Jesus Christ. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. I want to make a quick little side note here. In the Gospels, when Jesus says, It is I, his listeners understood that he was saying the same thing that in the Old Testament God says is his name to Moses in the burning bush. So when anytime Jesus says, I am he, or it is I, the actual word there is, is basically, I am. So in his hearers would have known that. So this is a, he says this to the disciples, I am, do not fear. Okay. So even if we try to hide it, we all have things that we all fear. We fear what will happen if that one wins the election or if that one loses the election. We fear an uncertain future, uh, not knowing what might happen. We fear being exposed as a fake. Uh, This is a really common fear. It has a name even, imposter syndrome. We fear public speaking, uh, which some of us is, is probably because we fear making mistakes. We fear making mistakes. Uh, We fear for the safety of our children and our loved ones as they go out into the world. There's a theme that runs through all of Scripture about fear. And I want to put fear of God in its own category for a second. That's, that's That's a different topic. Right now I want to talk about fear of everything else. Over and over again, God tells his people... Do not be afraid. Or he, he does things and arranges things in such a way to show them that they don't need to be afraid. When they're escaping uh, Egypt and they're stuck between the sea on one side in front of them and Pharaoh's army behind them, Moses says, be still and let God fight this battle. And then when he asked God for some help, God said, why did you even cry out to me? Just, let's just part this sea, as if it were obvious. Uh, later, when God sends the, the judge Gideon out to fight the Midianites, he tells Gideon to reduce his army from 30,000 to 300. When it comes time to uh, have Samuel anoint a new king, he goes to the least of Jesse's sons, the young shepherd out in the field. In Isaiah, um, this is a little bit of a long quote, but this really, I like this a lot. In Isaiah, he says, I, the Lord, the first, am with the last. I am he. There's that phrase again. The coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. They have drawn near and come. Everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, take courage. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. 
The disciples were terrified when they were on the sea. The wind is blowing, the sea was, let's see, what was it? It was contrary. <laughs> um, and they lived in a world that believed in spiritual beings in a much more kind of concrete way than most of us are familiar with. They had seen their, their teacher, their rabbi, Jesus, cast demons out of people. And maybe they thought, uh-oh, this might be one of those demons coming to take revenge. But immediately, immediately, Jesus hollers to him and says, hey, take courage. I am. Sorry about that. I am. Do not be afraid. How can God tell us not to be afraid? Right? Doesn't he know that we're dust? Doesn't he know that I could choke to death on an olive at lunchtime? How can Jesus tell his friends not to be afraid? As he was walking towards them on the water, he knew that ten of them would be tortured to death. One would survive torture and live out his days in exile, and one of them would take his own life over guilt and shame. He knew they had plenty to be afraid of. How can he tell us not to be afraid? In the face of all our mortality and the suffering and pain in the world, how can God tell us, do not fear? St. Paul, in one of today's epistle readings, I think starts to give an indication. I say I already hinted at it too. You are God's field, St. Paul writes. You are God's building. And a little later in the same passage, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And in the, one of the readings from the gospel even today, which I didn't even, I, it got changed at the last minute. Jesus tells his disciples not to fear. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And one of them will not fall to the ground unless it's your father's will. The very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, for you are of much more value than sparrows. Our entire life, our entire existence, the existence of everything in the cosmos relies moment to moment on the love of God. We are God's temple, individually and collectively. You, each one of us, are the field of God where he is growing the fruits of the gospel. So, if that's true then we don't need to fear what other people can do to us. We don't need to fear uh, what they might think about us. We don't need to fear making a mistake or telling the truth. We don't need to fear what might temporarily cause us some pain. King David put it like this. This is maybe not supposed to have a favorite psalm, but this is my favorite psalm. Psalm 26 in the Greek numbering. The Lord is my light and my savior. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defender of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. When you find yourselves in contrary waters or in a boisterous wind blowing, and it looks like something scary is, is coming towards you, Jesus says, take courage. I am. Do not be afraid. Now, I want to be really clear about this. 
I'm not saying, I don't think God is telling us to be reckless in the face of danger. Um, It is wisdom to take action to keep yourself and your loved ones safe. It is wisdom to wear your mask right now. It is wisdom to wear your seatbelt, to wear your life jacket. We should do these things. We should take these precautions and fear not. Because of the incarnation, passion, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, we are now free. Our Lord Jesus Christ has taken away the power of hell. He has freed us from the chains and shackles of fear and death. As he told the disciples, fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. So we're free, free from fear and death. What do we do with this freedom now? What is this freedom for? Love. We are free, we have been freed to love our friends and enemies without fear, to love God in our neighbors and in strangers. We can take courage, fear not, step out into troubled waters and love one another. We are free to love as God loves. God loves without fear of what others might say about him or do to him. God's love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Today, we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the glorification of St. Herman of Alaska. And I wish I had like another 30 or 40 minutes just to talk about St. Herman of Alaska, but uh, I don't. (laughs) I just learned the other day, yesterday, uh, or day before, as I was kind of going over his life and things, he was 38 years old when they left for Alaska. That might seem really old to some of you. Others of you, that seems really young. For me, it just struck me that that was his age. That seems kind of old to go on a 10,000-mile journey, most of it by foot, to an obscure wilderness. Um, When he got there, he faced persecution by the Russian authorities of the trading company. They weren't too happy about the the mission. Um, There was a tidal wave. Uh, A smallpox epidemic, forest fire, demonic attack, the closure of the mission, and eventually it was kind of just St. Herman on his own with the the natives around him. In the face of all this, St. Herman treated everyone with the love of Christ, and he was fearless in protecting those under his care whether it was from that smallpox epidemic or the, the uh, Russian authorities or the tidal wave, that's a fun story. Um, fearless in protecting those under his care. Like the disciples on the sea, St. Herman was in troubled waters, contrary waters, surrounded by a boisterous wind, and he followed Christ's instructions. Take courage, I am, do not fear. Through the prayers of St. Herman, May we imitate him in living the life in Christ without fear and in sharing the love of God with everyone around us. Let us take courage and fear not, secure in knowing that we are God's field, God's temple, the very temple of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.